much for listening. I'm your host, E. Marie, and this is Soy Chingona. You're joining me today on my very first episode. Today, I will be interviewing a special guest on the topic of pot moms. We'll be going over how we were personally raised to look at marijuana and the difference between medical and recreational use. And of course, the hot topic of our discussion today, marijuana use during pregnancy and raising children today. Badass guest today is Moni Santana, born and raised in San Diego, California, 27-year-old with an educational background in early child development, professional background in restaurant and service industry. Currently, she's a stay-at-home mom living in Eugene, Oregon, and she's been in Oregon for about 10 years off and on. Thank you, Moni, so much for joining us today on Soy Chingona. Um, I really appreciate you being um, my first interview today. Happy to be a part of it. Uh, thank you. Uh, to give you guys a little bit of background on our relationship, um, Winnie's actually one of my um, my youngest sister, actually. Um, and this topic is something that we were raised upon marijuana being very, would you say, normal, I guess? <laughs> open. <laughs> uh, open, honest, normal. Um, everything that you thought growing up that your parents hid from you, well, our parents did not hide from us. Um, so... To give you like a visual, um, I think we grew up more with a father who was, hey, Saturday morning cartoons. He was the first one in front of the TV with a bowl of corn pops and his bomb. (laughs) Captain Crunch, (laughs) Cocoa Puffs, um, and sitting in front of the TV with his bong. Um, But through that, even though it was like, yes, we were raised with a lot of potheads in our family, um, we were actually taught a lot about that there was a medical use to marijuana. Um, that our family had background in. So I think for you and I, I think we're, we looked at marijuana not just like, oh, fun thing to get high on with our friends, but we knew that there was a whole nother respect factor, I guess, to marijuana that we looked at as young kids that our peers didn't. I think our dad being a working man too, we saw it as the main stress relief for him and for our household. You know, he drank beers, cracked open a couple of cold brews every day. But for him, we really saw it as a tool. Like everyone else uses cigarettes or a cup of coffee. Come home, yeah. Like it's you said, come home, drink that, a beer, relax and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. So we really our, didn't put too much into it. It was just a little something that my dad did and didn't make a, a big deal. But we knew it happened all the time. Right. And so I think I think I didn't realize that it wasn't normal, honestly, until I was in junior high and one of um, my friends in junior high came over and saw Papa. What we what he was doing, watching TV, watching cartoons, smoking. And he was like, this is trippy. Like, your dad's smoking pot in front of you. I was like, yeah, and? And I remember looking at him and I was like, your parents smoke pot too. They just hide it. They just hide it. And he was like, and the 15 years later, like, when he finally found out that his dad actually did smoke pot, like, he confronted me and he was like, oh, my God, my dad was smoking pot. Just as much as your parents did, but you knew about it. I had no idea. I was raised to look at my parents in a different light. You don't Uh, really question them. That might be in their culture. They're an adult. They're the people of the household. You don't really question what they do and their vices. Absolutely. And I think, too, so fast forward for me, um, you know, I started becoming, I was an activist for many years at Medical Marijuana. Um, And it was hard back then, too, because 
yes, the stigmas are still very strong now, um, but before it started becoming legalized in other states, I had to teach patients how to go from recreational use to medical use. That in itself was so hard because of the stigmas that were already surrounded by weed. How was I going to teach this young kid with, who's 15, schizophrenic, on way too many medications? How am I going to teach him that this isn't just about him and his friends smoking weed behind campus and getting high? This was actually something that was going to help him medically. Um, it was a challenge. Yeah. It's a hard struggle, but back then you had to fight the good fight. I would say now with all the uh, couple of states being legal and is super happy and proud about it, that some of these patients even aren't even having to deal with that stigma anymore. I talked to parents that could easily smoke and probably don't smoke near me, but still do. Um, a lot of them don't want to be seen as hypocrites. A lot of them from right. that baby boomers generation right. says, hey, I know it's legal now, so they have a smile when they talk about it. But yet they still don't talk to me, even though I'm a huge advocate for it, just because they would feel bad because their narrative for years was, don't do it. It's illegal. Now that it's legal, it has you know less of a stigma, but right. they still see that huge internal struggle with people. Well, now I don't want to do it because I don't want to be seen in any of that kind of light. So right, silly. or I was once vocal about this years ago mm-hmm. when everyone else was against it. Well, now it's legal, so now where do you stand on it? And I think for what you're saying, like the generation, like baby boomers and stuff, they're probably the ones that have the hardest time with this because they're the ones that grew up with the generation that was like, there is nothing good about this. <laughs> for me and my childhood, you know, I live in Ugreen, Oregon, um, so there's a lot of that up there. Um, And it kind of, for me, I would say culturally, um, I think I would say at least what I saw as a little kid that a lot of Chicanos are just ready to fight in the first place. So they're not, it doesn't really phase us. At least for me, I have Latinos ready to fight? I've never heard that (laughs) before. Protesters (laughs) and activists not giving up what the government or society has to say upon them. So lucky me, I had my dad and I would say this older sister uh, to help me pave that way as far as. I saw you out there with the picket line saying legalize this and helping patients that. And my dad never had the stigma in the first place. So that's right. I mean, I will say I was out there protesting, you know, 12 to 15 years ago, tax marijuana. Um, I may be regretting that a little bit these days (laughs) going into a dispensary in San Diego and paying the taxes that we do. But I did fight the you know, what you said, like the good fight back then, um, because I believed in it and I believed in what marijuana has to offer, not just as, you know, medical properties, but also, you know, our hemp uh, industry or actually lack of (laughs) hemp uh, products and industries and oils and papers and clothes and how much more we can do. I mean, that's a whole another topic in itself of what our government controls. But I'm sure you'll have another podcast here in the future. Absolutely. (laughs) We will be doing more upon this subject. Give me a year or two Um, talking about the, uh, you know, positives of hemp. Right. And getting into that. And I think that is part of why we have to break the stigma. So, you know, let's start from the beginning, Moni. Um, Can you tell us about the different strains and types of marijuana um, before we get into, you know, the big? (laughs) Yeah. So when you kick it old school and you actually see some grass in a little pipe, uh, there's usually there's three types of weed that you usually wind up smoking. Um, Mm -hmm. There's an indica, sativa and the most popular, which is so hard because everything's so 
uh, fluid these days, I would say, is a hybrid. Uh-huh. Uh, most things are hybrids. Most people now, I would say, the older I get, most people don't have one pain. They have back pain, headache, stomach issues, a lot of fun. Everyone's in pain, honestly. Right? <laughs> Everyone is. You know, the older you get, the more yeah. physical pain you're and, taking. And, and I emotional. would say, you know, for me, it's recovery time. I'm not in that pain, but it takes a little bit. I'm not as elastic as I used to be. So this, you know, things that like this do help. Um, there's the, you know. Well, we said, so you talked about three different types um, that are strain. Moni, you said there was um, three different types of strains. Um, you said indica, sativa, and hybrid. Can you tell us um, about the indica? Uh, yeah. So like I said. Everyone's in pain, whether it's a physical or emotional or mental. Uh, indica, I like to use for the relaxing effect. A lot of people use it for that body buzz, people with back pain, physical cancer patients, people that are just, you know, uh, fibromyalgia, mm-hmm. all that fun stuff, things that you can't see. Uh, it's very, people prefer to use it at nighttime because it's that little one that may give you a cloudy. So it's cloudy like your haze. body, like, it's that, let's knock out. Mm-hmm. It's that uh, <laughs> nightcap for, okay. me, for me, which I like to use. I won't be able to function all that much going through the grocery store on this little number, let's just say. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. And then what about the sativa? No problem with that little number. Sativa is a little uppity. It's a, it can be hallucinogenic. I've never had that. Um, fortunately, unfortunately, it's a very cerebral effect. It's about energy. It gives you a little bit of life, a little pep in your step, um, as long as you use it the right way. So you can function on it. So it's something I can smoke a sativa and still be able to get things done. Mm-hmm. I like to, for me, depending on the weed too, like there's the strains and some are heavier sativa. That's where the hybrids come into play. Some people want to be able to talk and still work, but still be okay. More of a controlling. Like when I think of a hybrid, I think of something where it can go either way. It could be an upper or downer, just kind of depending on the energy that I create, like the flow of to that day or to that event. Um, of how that's gonna go and just with the natural progression of that I even see you know pro black market people this strain is good for my headaches this is great for my appetite this one's great for my depression so even with the legalities of the states coming hand in hand and people that are you know anti-medical that are pro black market they're even starting that the culture and the language that they're starting to use is very medicinal whether they realize it or not so it's kind of a cool thing to right. say. Right. And I've also um, heard people compare it to like even taking something over the counter. Like you pick up an Advil and when you look at the back of what an Advil takes care of, it doesn't say Advil is only for back pain. It lists all these different symptoms that it can take care of. Now, it's almost like the same thing what we're talking about when we talk about medical use of these different strains, right? You is... could find it on Leaf Fly. You could find it on Weed Maps. Now the information is out there. It is so accessible. So the one Where they thing say is... like, oh, you're having a headache. There's actually these strains that are recommended you to people who have You go to a dispensary and you say, hey, I had this issue. I want to target it. They will show you like the price is right. What's behind this wall? What's behind this one? Everyone's so excited to make you feel better. So there's way more science that is involved in this than the normal pothead would look at when they go into a dispensary. There's so much more, you know, in 
dissecting of when, all these things, right, of these strains to find out what they actually do in a lot of research. So when we start getting into things like research and stuff, you know, this is one of the main reasons why I had you on the show is because um, CNN in December 2017 did a report on marijuana use for mothers-to-be in California. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they did this report, they did it um, from the years of 2009 to 2016. So what they saw on the report that the average use of mothers-to-be was growing slightly within these years. It went from 4.2% to 7.1% in a few years. And those are just the people who are comfortable talking about it. Exactly. So where these mothers are coming from, that report never stated, you know, whether if this was done through a facility, a hospital, or one-on-one. It didn't say how they came up with these numbers, right? But what we did see was there's this small increase going up into 2016. What I could not find was any reports done in California, in the United States past 2016. So since the majority of the states became legal, 2017 and 18, research has stopped in the United States on mothers-to-be, which concerns me because once again, like I've said before, when something is taboo, but the numbers are growing in these people that are put in this taboo box, we need to get ahead of the game. We need to get educated. We need to find out why these numbers are increasing and what the benefits are. So my question to you is, Moni, my first question really, is that you grew up with marijuana being something in front of your face, something that you weren't intimidated by, something that you grew up respecting in different aspects. And although you had a father who smoked in front of you all the time and was very open, when it came to you being a pregnant mother-to-be for the first time, you did not get your father's support in smoking marijuana. So tell me about how you even came to the conclusion of that this was the right thing for you. Um, Well, I I think I'm lucky enough to live the life... When I was in high school, I was very anti-marijuana, very anti-drugs, very anti-alcohol. Right. I was an athlete, and I put all of my effort into that, and no one forced it upon me, but because it was around, it wasn't a taboo subject. Right. It, okay. For me, it was no big deal. Right. Um, luckily. Uh, having that, honestly, having the support, the community around you. I have a lovely community in Eugene, also probably because it's legal. Um, I have a lovely group of moms that are, you know, some of them don't smoke anymore. Some of them did when they were pregnant. Some of them smoked every once in a while. But I had a community that surrounded me with ladies that also did the same things. Also, I wasn't the first. So whatever research I did or whatever I went through, I saw a group of about six women also go through the same thing that I did. uh, But first. So honestly, that took away what if this affects my child in this way? What if this affects affects my child in that way it took away a little bit of those fears um just to see how comfortable so even though there was a lack of research and not anything to do with you searching it's actually the lack of research that's out there yes you you were still able to witness it firsthand firsthand. in front of you there is research out there but the one thing i could say is if you google is pot smoking good while you're pregnant you're gonna get what that 
the answer to is that and that's what Google wants to say. Yes, and I actually, it's funny that you said that because I did um, Google that and when I did Google it, I did actually find another report that was done in January 2018 um, from a website called Baby Center that is not ran through the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, the They couldn't give any back research to how they concluded this, but they did say that 10 to 30 percent of THC that the mother would be taking in, whether she smoked it or digested it through edibles, mm-hmm. 10 to 30 percent of THC would reach the baby. Again, there was no backup into how the conclusion of those numbers came. So it's kind of scary just going mm-hmm. to Google alone yes, and looking at Google these up. should not be your only, you're asking to get CNN's answer and Fox News's answer. Um, which I believe has more of a, what would you say? Commercial response? No, they have an agenda, I would say. Yes, a commercial response, but I believe that there is an agenda because I believe that weed is medicine and it can help out a lot more than pharmaceuticals. But that's a whole other conversation that we can have on that. Do you think that you had an advantage by the women that were in your community that were going through this before you? Because the way I see it is, if I went on Google and researched this stuff, of course this stuff would keep me away from wanting to be open to it. You know, for you, you saw it and you said, no, there's more to this than what I can find online. That's brave in itself to me. Journalism 101, fact checked and source, you know, cite your sources. Um, And even within those sources, there is so much fake news. Um, out there um, I am used to because I am alternative in several chapters and subjects of my life okay. whether it's medicinal or food or even education system or free healthcare. I have learned years ago luckily to look at other countries okay um, and see what they're doing there are some countries that I really look up to that I was like, all right, they're doing some good for their people and their people are respected and heard and that's why everyone's so happy, right? I feel like that here, they feed us a story and expect us to shut up. This isn't the 1950s anymore. So people right. are not going to sit there and just not question things. Like you said, you Googled it and you only saw anti-things. Not even like weed websites could even say this and one thing I would like to address with all these studies like you mentioned the CNN report done um, in 2016 and the one about women being uh, pregnant in California in 1996 Um, so what I have found out through my study is that there has not been one single study in the United States that grabs a group of pregnant mothers and solely focus on weed all the studies that they have done are women that are drinking as well that are smoking crack that are taking meth or tobacco or tobacco so you never all the negative side effects are within the realm of everything else and once again you're put in a box of a drug abuser and user and now you're seen as a mom putting your child in those um situations 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 and you hear it from all moms you know i've been on several if you had to seek it, you, you like if you're looking for the right answers, you don't go on baby center. You don't go on what to be expecting. Even when I was pregnant, I was looking for support because I had the times of is this the right choice for me? You still, no matter what, I would say when you're a mom, you probably don't like anything that comes into your mind because everyone's telling you what to do with your own body and how to do it. 
just listen to yourself and what's ever comfortable. Um, I felt bad. I saw a couple of girls about my age too reach out in these mommy groups online saying, hey, I'm just curious about weed. And then I would see all of these soccer moms with horrible haircuts and Starbucks coffee in their hands saying, I would never do that to my baby and blah, 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 blah. I don't care what you did it for your baby because I'm probably not going to like your baby in the first place. Okay, sorry is not the way I would want to raise anybody. I don't want to be anti-anything. And then within mom's period, whether it's weed or the right baby carrier or car seat, you're going to have all these people. There's so much pressure and so much that you're questioning already as a new mother. So something like this, I'm sure. I mean, but also too... I mean, what you said, too, being in Eugene, Oregon, it sounds like you already had a leg up on the exposure that women a were willing bit. to I also have share. women that could share my same story where they felt they were comfortable in a story. Uh, even my midwives. Like I said, I'm a little alternative when it comes to all aspects of my life. Um, I went through the midwifery uh, during um, the nine months of making baby Luna. Uh and some midwives were really cool with that conversation and some ordered a toxicity report on me and made me feel and get that stigma and I had Can to go through. Can you explain what that is for people like, I mean, I know because I've talked to you, but for people who are not aware of um, a situation like that, can you explain like what that um, happened or what was that all about? Yeah, they just wanted, I mean, um, in a normal hospital setting, they're going to make sure that everyone's clean and kosher and the best fit. Meaning you, the parent? The parent. Okay. And at that point when I was having, um, when Luna wasn't born yet, they would be checking my blood and stuff because I felt like I shared too much. I felt like I was in a place where I was comfortable, like Eugene, that I could talk to one midwife that gave me some, you know, they can't say yes or no, do this, do that. Right. Because of the lack thereof, in quotations, uh, research here, and you just got to seek it in other countries. Um, But even within that, they put that on my report, and I was forever deemed a weed-smoking mom. Um, so when it came to actually having Luna, instead of doing blood tests on me, they had to uh, collect her poop. And they probably would have had social services in the room if there was any weed in her system, which is ridiculous. To and me. so that's something that in Eugene, I don't know how you know laws and restrictions work and stuff, but in Eugene, that's something that they don't normally do when the baby's born? No. So they had done it. Because you had been opened and shared that you were a person who was smoking during your pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Or I should say digesting marijuana. Now let me ask you that. Does, is there a stigma between a pregnant woman smoking a joint rather than a pregnant woman picking up a tea and yeah, drinking a so tea? We are so lucky to be able to go right down the street and pick up a little brownie or a little cup of tea or a tincture or a Convenient. Salt. It's <laughs> so days. convenient right. and there's... You know, Especially in Oregon. <laughs> and well, like the thing is, um, you don't necessarily get THC out of all of those things. When you look at that, you get the cannabinoids. And uh, cannabinoids is a part of us. It is a part of our DNA. So our children birth already has THC in their system, regardless if you ever smoke pot or not. And we share the same DNA. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of like mushrooms. Mushrooms, quote unquote, aren't from this planet, but we do share a lot of genetically similarities through mushrooms okay. as well. We're plants. They have sex organisms. They procreate. Right. You know? Um, so I've always been pro-plant versus a pill. 
So for me, I get scared when mommies are like, you know, I was part of a little ADHD study at the age of two in Kaiser and I was hooked up on prescription pills. Right. And I think because of that as well, I've also went the all natural route. It's, if pills work for you and your mental well-being, congratulations. It just doesn't work for me. You also come from a generation where I think your generation probably witnessed more parents and theas pill popping like, pop like crazy. <laughs> I mean, because even within our family, like, yes, addiction is very high um, mm-hmm. in our family. But that was something back in the day. If a woman was taking medication that a doctor gave her, well, why is she going to question anything? She's taking medication from a doctor. You're (laughs) allowed to smoke cigarettes back in the day in a doctor's office being pregnant. Right. I mean, it's (laughs) it's so much different, you know, obviously now. Now, they did say, I did read that um, the top uses for these new moms, um, like you said, that are actually being open enough to share about it, um, say that actually the two number one, the two causes of why they seeked out um, using marijuana during pregnancy was because of their um, morning sickness, which of course went with mm-hmm. being nauseous. Um, and also for those of you that don't know, morning sickness is not just in the morning. Um, it is all damn day all day. <laughs> I learned that watching both of my sisters in their pregnancies. Um, and also anxiety. Um, anxiety was the number one, and that's because there are no over-the-counter medications or something that can be prescribed to a pregnant, pregnant woman, woman that is dealing with the issue of anxiety. Which you talk to any doctor ever that is a well-heightened and increased emotion while you're pregnant. Even if you don't struggle with anxiety before, you during, you do. It's... Right, which is something that they're also, I read in studies that, um, that I wish there was another report right now on marijuana use increasing in older women um, that are going through menopause. Um, because menopause for a woman, um, from how it's described, can be very similar symptoms to what they dealt with during pregnancy. Now, you have a woman who hasn't been pregnant in 30 years that are all of a sudden (laughs) feeling like she's pregnant. Um, That's going to do a lot to you, not just emotionally, but physically Physically. also and mentally. It's draining. Uh, So I do hope in the future that we do see more reports, um, you know, on these type of uses. And also, too, uh, reports on how this affects men. Because what I have noticed in doing medical marijuana research is a lot of this research is based on women because we're known to be open with our emotions. Um, But let's not forget that men also deal with different types of anxiety. Um, And I think that's a very important issue that hopefully we see more research um, going into the future on marijuana use for everybody, not just emotional women, Um, but also for all the men out there that deal with those uh, type of issues also. Um, So now... You've gone through that. You now have a child, a beautiful niece of mine, um, Luna, who is about to be 10 months old. Um, So now let's talk about moving forward, uh, being a new mom um, and now having a daughter, being raised the way you were raised with marijuana. How do you and your partner, because I know it's not just about you also, how do you and your partner um, talk about moving forward 
um, with sharing these type of things with Luna. Now, obviously, she's going to be in a whole new generation. Who knows what things are going to be socially acceptable. socially acceptable by the time she's in elementary school. I know. I'm so scared. <laughs> oh, right. So how do you take that all in for a woman who is an advocate for not just marijuana, but for marijuana during pregnancy? How do you teach your daughter um, these things and keep it positive? Honestly, it's be, being honest, right? Uh, mm-hmm. My partner, his mom was very honest with him. I was lucky enough to have a father that never lied, even though he probably should have to his three daughters at times. <laughs> um, so being honest, uh, Joshua and I are more on the all-natural side. So even if we did play, uh, we would be doing things that come from this earth. And you can't, there's this you know, it comes way quicker than you think. Around four or five, the world is helping raise your child whether you want to or not. So you can do whatever you want and you can raise your kid exactly how you want to. But they could come out completely opposite. Right. I've already seen it in my beautiful nephew who's going to be doing cake stands when his parents are artists and writers, you know. Right. It's a beautiful thing that juxtaposition. Um, and the main thing is just to support it and uh, knowledge. I forgot this man's name, but there's a professor that I've seen several times uh, from Columbia University, and he talks about mainly not even marijuana. It's more about bigger drugs like the big EDC, Electric Daisy Carnival. You know, the first couple of years, it was, I believe, in Southern California, and there's a couple of deaths. Yeah, it's happening a lot. And then it moved to Vegas. Uh, So my point of that is, why aren't we being honest and having these conversations? Why aren't you telling your kids to stay hydrated and trust your kid and trust in your parenting that you raised them in that way not everyone's like that not everyone's comfortable with that I do understand that lucky me I will be letting my daughter take care of yourself take care of your friends I'm not dumb I know I did shit and hid them from my parents but luckily enough I had a dad where nothing was so scary I couldn't talk to him about it so yeah when we did get in those really interesting parties in Lemon Grove and Chilla Vista and Bonita that I shouldn't have been in, um, I knew how to take care of my friends. And I think there was a couple instances where if I wasn't there, it would be a different, a whole different story. It sounds like you're moving forward that, from what it sounds like, is that you're willing to move forward with anything as long as you're honest. Knowledge is power. With it. And educating yourself on what you're being open about. But I think too, Moni, I think it's important that what you're saying is not just these individual decisions. It sounds like you're trying to create a lifestyle mm-hmm. of how you feel and how you take in things. And what you're saying is it's not just about marijuana. It's all these other things that are considered taboo um, that are actually healthy choices that you're making in your life, but they are still considered to be so taboo and so foreign. And I think the more you educate yourself, the more you wind up educating other people around you. Mm-hmm. Um, and the easier it will be, you know, uh, I'm trying to set forth your your feelings and your thoughts and your emotions and what you want to, you know, leave on to the next generation and I, how you choose to. I would say that a lot of those subjects that we hit today, um, definitely United States. It's a cultural thing, I would say. Um, a lot of these tub- like topics are taboo when I don't believe that they should be. So I would encourage uh, women or men that even want to encourage their women to smoke. Hun, you're going crazy. You're growing a baby inside of you. You don't know where keys are. You're stressed <laughs> out. You're throwing up. You can't handle any food. The guys that want to 
really you know help their women because I said if you Google is you good for you while you're pregnant you're gonna get a fat no right. but <laughs> I could lean you at least to the one study that I love leading everybody to which I've even tried to lead my own mother to and I said hey are you ready for the new knowledge because she wasn't didn't stand behind me in my use of uh, marijuana when I was pregnant um, I sent her this and it's a Jamaican study and uh, a professor from the United States that did it one of the females that worked on it let me know at the very end of the study that she was pregnant as well as she was in Jamaica doing this study. Um, the culture there is that they smoke joints for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Whether they're pregnant, whether they're old, whether they're stressed out or not, that is the culture. Um, the it's most, just like having a beer to have a beer, it's having right? A beer There's to no have a reason beer. behind yeah, it. It's be just what out. we do. It doesn't need to be hot. Right. It could just be a pretty day and you want to enjoy <laughs> a beer and put your feet up. We're just doing us, okay? Um, granted, they are very culturally, uh, <laughs> takes a village to raise a baby and they are all hands-on with that kind of stuff. So right. they do have the support of, you know, there's no taboo there, period, there. So that's lucky. But within that study, there's a whole bunch of scary things that mommy's you know, think about, and there's different developing stages of the fetus while you're doing that. The one stage where I was a little worried about was brain development, and it's early on in the pregnancy, earlier than you think. I did take a little break, at least from smoking weed, and I did, um, I smoked weed my entire pregnancy. I For nausea, that's what helped me the most, is smoking a little joint here and there, because I lost weight in the beginning of my pregnancy I could and it was a concern food. now this was something and you know this is something that I want our listeners to really zone into now this is something in the beginning of your pregnancy you they came down on you really hard yes. your doctors came down on you hard saying that you weren't um, eating the way that you were supposed to and I remember you not being able to hold down almost anything you had my and I remember that's grace. the first conversation we had about weed yeah. was about this because now you said okay now me not gaining weight and me not eating right transform my child is affecting my baby and that's the conversation we had which i don't want to scare anybody because believe me you'll die first your baby will steal everything and get the nutrients but the best thing to do is take care of yourself because then it takes everything else that needs to fall in line so obviously you know try to eat healthy do that stuff um but yeah at that point in my mind i was more worried about luna and my doctor was like, no matter what, she will at least get those nutrients that she needs to steal from you. You just might be tired the rest of the whole you time. You might be the one you drained out. You might be in bed. You might fall down. <laughs> She's literally going to suck the life out of you. Well, they said that. Like, they're saying, right. you know, they she'll get it or not. But the tricky thing is, is that, like, you could fall down the stairs because of that. Or, you know, so it is a balance. And at that point, you're telling me my daughter's in peril and I've smoked weed since I've been on a lease that's when I started smoking weed is 2009 when I signed my first lease mm-hmm. um adulthood yay um but after which was that, obviously very stressful so you started uh, smoking marijuana so stressful <laughs> um so stressful uh, but yeah so it's just I forgot what was I saying bring me back um, being with um, Luna as a mother and now teaching that moving forward. Um, so what do you do as she starts getting older? Now, something that was a rule in our house um, was what happens in this house stays in this house. You talk shit out of this house, you're going to get into some shit in this house. So how do you move forward as she starts getting older and starts talking to her friends and then your daughter is already showing that she's going to be a very social little girl and she's going to talk a lot so 
how do you control that factor of her going out there and being in kindergarten and being like, hey, my mom smokes pot all the time? Interestingly enough, I think uh, her wonderful, loving father has a little bit more issue with that stigma than I do. Um, okay. I grew up in a place, luckily with my father, where I just was always flexing and ready to to fight if I needed to. Um, Luna doesn't seem like she's gonna have that lifestyle and or char- characteristics so that's what I'm afraid of is like her getting bullied or something because of it um, being honest her, this is what I'd say don't worry too much about it because naturally it will happen in the stages that it needs to uh, you know not gonna lie smoke pot near Luna not at her out the window all that jazz don't even go there Right. So when she was little, but there are stages where she starts to really, you know, see things, really focus on things. She knows what the lighter is. At that point, that's when I start taking things away. She's about 10 months right now. Don't do that in front of her anymore. And now I'm starting to train myself. At least with my dad, I would say I was lucky because I was the last of our kin. Um, My dad didn't smoke in front of me. He was in the room going... <laughs> so I knew what he was doing. He knew all and the Luna's sound effects. And gonna know what I'm doing, but in no way am I gonna be smoking pot in, in front, front of, of her, her face. And that's only to keep. You know, I would love to. I wouldn't care, but that's to keep our household safe outside of the household. I could tell her all I want. Keep your mouth shut. Who knows what she's really gonna say? Like I said, right. the world. And who knows, you're right, too. Like, things are moving and progressing so fast that we really don't know by the time she's five You know all the growers in my neighborhood because I have six kids and toys all on their front yard. It's the houses that remind me most of my home in San Diego. I see kids everywhere because they have the money, too. They have the money and they have the means and it's a different lifestyle and there's a lot of really happy grower parents that get to raise their kids at home, that get to homeschool their kids. And people, I, I think it's hilarious when people roll their eyes at that. It's just like, oh, you're getting mad at the dad and mom for being more hands-on. You're, right. And once again, the it's, occupation to it's so. the lifestyle and mm-hmm. it's the community. It's what's accepted and what's not. And it's what... You know how much progressive other states are in different areas of life that we're not there yet. We're still in the judging, criticizing factor of all the things that we're not educated on, I also unfortunately. Think that, that will always be there. You're always going to have people judging you and always people questioning you. Um, but if you're confident in yourself, then you should at least handle it with grace. I've had people get mad at me. Like um, after having Luna, I had a nurse that I had to complain on because she made me feel... Like, you get put in a category because I was very honest with one midwife that took it in a good way. The other one didn't. Um, They had to to, uh, collect Luna's poop right when she was born just to do that report. Right. And, you know, you push a baby out of your vagina for, like, 35 hours. I don't even – I got my own social security number wrong, and I've never done that. I had to resubmit birth forms for Luna because of that. You are so busy when they ask you 100 questions the next day. I don't – I probably lied on every single one of them. I don't know. I don't right. remember. It's a crazy time. But we did have a nurse when my family was visiting. Lucky me, I'm very honest and open with my family, even if they don't like it. Right. Because what I gave, the example was with my mom. I gave her that article and I said, Mom, if you're willing to talk about it and willing to expand your mind on this, then let's talk about it. I found out later she did not read it. So she respected me as far as not further giving her stagnant opinion. 
in that way. Which makes sense because it was almost like, here, I'm going to give you material to get educated. Whether if you choose to get educated on it or not mm-hmm. is on you. But we're not going to be able to have a conversation about it if you do not get educated. Yeah. Because even if you still don't agree with me, at least I know you read right. up on stuff yes. and you have an actual reason, not pot is bad. Yes. So when you said, like, the doctors and the nurses and stuff, is that what you're saying? Like, they put you in a category as pothead, mm-hmm. right? It's the same stigma that and follows unfortunately, pot being a, pothead. It's more than pot. I got put in, like, the meth pot. Like, honestly, I got put into a pot where they made me feel like they were going to take away my baby. It was and just like, like your drug little girl. That's what it was, and right? Doing all these drugs. And I was like, my household is beautiful. I have plants everywhere. Like, Luna is such a happy little girl. But I did have a nurse while my family was there whisper, because we threw out the poo. We forgot because we were up for three days. Oh, right. my goodness. So we wind up throwing the poop in the trash can. And she comes in, where's the poop? I was like, oh, it's in the trash. And then my family was over there. She's like, do you remember? She whispers, do you remember why we had to collect the poop? And I was like, no, I don't remember my name at this point. And she's like, because you smoked pot. And my response was, why are you talking that, like that? <laughs> she's like, because you're evil. Yeah, she was like, <laughs> we do this to evil mothers. She was also whispering about it when I had like several of my family members in the room. And I even asked her, that was my only response is, why are you whispering? And she's like, oh, because my mother wouldn't talk to me if I smoked pot while I was pregnant. And Again, different generations, yeah. different oh, times. She was like, about the same age as me, this nurse, also living in Eugene, Oregon, a place that you expect to be a lot more lenient and open and non-judgmental. It's still everywhere. That is never right. going to die. So just know that the you know, stupid people are out there. They're so let me let me ask you this to wrap this up because obviously this is a topic that especially you and I can go on and on and on because there's a lot of other things that factor into this. I mean, there's, you know, maybe you and I will get together next time you're down here and we can talk about things like CBD and the effects mm-hmm. um, of what that's doing compared to THC because that's a big one in San Diego it's right a now. big safe spot. If you're worried about smoking weed because smoke is not good for anyone's lungs. Let's make that clear. And for our baby's lungs, it's not. So let's make that clear. Yeah, it's not the best thing, but, you know, there's a lot of worse things out there. Right, so. and there's a lot of new ways of doing it, um, but there is huge stigmas of trying to get CBD taken away from THC factors yes. and the high factors, especially to older generations and baby boomers because they just think it's all the same. Yes. You know, um, but let me, um, you know, what would you say, Moni, to, you know, a young mom that's dealing with a lot of medical issues, who is pregnant, who doesn't have the support, what advice can you give to mothers out there that do want to consider, you know, um, being a mom-to-be that smokes marijuana for health reasons? Um, what can you give or, you know, what can you expose these I would women say to? know your audience, honestly. If you are questioning whether these people are going to be on your side, um, probably not the right people to um, seek that out of. Uh, find a good community, even if it's online, even if it's on a mother website, even if it's on a blog, even if you have to Facebook me, Moni Santana, to be the one person to just give you a high five and a hug because you are scared about what the whole world is saying, even though you feel fine with it. Listen to yourself. Listen to your body. The one time I don't listen to my body, that's when I wind up in the emergency room. That's when I, you know, IUD, one out of a thousand women can't have an IUD. 
I knew from the start, I talked to my partner, hey, I don't think this is the right path for me. He kind of talked me into it. I understand we're young parents. Don't want right. little litters right now. Cool. So I tried it and wound up in the emergency room twice. But I know myself. I've listened to myself. I won't even take cough medicine because I want to hear my body tell me how much. Is it in pain or is it just a little stub toe? A lot of it's getting comfortable with Everything learning with yourself, you. the knowledge that's out there, which is really, ugh, that's fun. So just seek more. Don't be afraid. Find a friend. Find, you know, even friends that aren't pregnant that do do it. Uh, I even had friends be weird that I would smoke pot and pregnant near them. They'd be like, do you want this? And sometimes yes, sometimes no. I usually didn't because of other, even within the black market, within people all natural, you still, with the baby and the mom, that's a, you know, there's not too much research out there. It's an untouchable thing. I would feel like that's the one thing that's sacred in this country, and I still debate that within myself. Is like hopefully this car won't won me over because I got a baby in a stroller and that still has accidentally almost happened. So, you know, just know your audience. Find some people that love you no matter what. I hope your mom loves you. My mom loves me but didn't support me in that. But just we still were luckily able to move forward. Um, good luck. Thanks, Moni. Um, like I said, I appreciate you being willing to come on Soy Chingona and even have conversations like this, you know, and this is something that I want to continue doing, having these awkward conversations um, to let people know that there's a lot more people going through, you know, certain things or considering certain things in their life that you just don't know about. Um, so thank you for being here and sharing. And it's badass of you to you know, not really know what the world is going to say, but know that what makes you feel good and what keeps you positive in this journey of, you know, being a mom who is a pot mom and who's willing to smoke while she's pregnant because it was the best thing that she sought out for her and her child. And I respect that. And thank you for sharing. Um, and I want to tell you listeners out there, um, on a side note, being a badass doesn't mean that you need to share everything in your life to everybody. It's your journey. So what you go through, everybody's going to judge. People are always going to be looking at you from the left side and the right side. And everybody's always going to have some bullshit to say. Um, but I just wanted to encourage you um, to keep doing what makes you feel good. And as long as it feels good, then it's the right thing for you. Um, and what's right for you will be right for the, the people around you, whether if they know it or not. So stay strong, people. Um, and chingonas, keep your fist up. Till next time.